0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part number two of our mid-season review. I am Brian Mitchell. I'll be taking you through the PIHL this time. We're talking a little bit of what's going on in the classes that are between the classes. And, of course, we're on Christmas break, but we're about to go back in the next couple weeks. So we're going to start up on Monday uh, from this recording. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, We're going to start with a tournament, actually. PIHL, usually we talk about, but non Non-league tournaments happen all the time, and the 24th Annual Scholastic Showcase occurred at Alpha Ice Complex in the past couple weeks, and Jeff Morrow puts on a good show every time. And this was no exception. Um, so our great Latrobe, of course, won the tournament. You probably watched it on Pittsburgh Hockey Digest Facebook page, and we discussed a little bit here and there about how the uh, teams played, and we're going to talk about it a little bit here and I'm going to say with the opening of the pool play, it hats off to the West Allegheny Indians. Um, they're going to open this one up just based off the fact that there was a... It, it was like a, <laughs> a tough situation there. They won three straight games to open the tournament and were able to get into their, their seating after three games of playing an overtime game. And tournaments are so truncated that you don't get a lot of time off. And they did it twice in a day, once on a shootout. Sorry, twice in a shootout once in an overtime, and they were able to win, uh, go into the finals. And of course, they played their semifinal to a regulation win over the Sylvania-Northview uh, squad from Ohio. But that was a uh, contest to be believed and We'll talk about that final here in a second. The second team I want to congratulate and say that they showed a, a hell of an effort forward was the Pentrafford Warriors. Uh, won all three of their, their sorry, they won two of their first three games they swept them of course a 5 and 0 points we thought they were going to come in as a number 1 seed and then they lost an overtime game they lost to Sylvania Northview in their division to by a ridiculous uh, 0.4 second goal that was a great effort by Sylvania Northview to get the the equalizer there took it to overtime then in a shootout was unable to capitalized Sylvania Northview took the division off of a very good Penn Tra- good Pentrafford team and I, I can't stress enough how good that squad looked in this tournament and it was a fun one. I like to thank everybody that was involved in that Jeff Morrow and all the people at alpha for how it worked out um <laughs> Well we need to talk a little bit about that final first. Oh boy Pentrafford lost to Latrobe in the first round in the semifinal. And, of course, West Allegheny defeated Sylvania Northview. It set up a very interesting double-A matchup, if you think about it. And goaltending is at a premium. We discussed it, and it was <laughs> it was on showcase here. Um, they gave the, the MVP award to Alex Walker. Very deserving. Great tournament for that individual. He had a great, great, great showing at this con- And Almost coming up on record books there for a five-game tournament. When it comes to statistics, but I can't speak highly enough of how Josh Ferry played in that contest. I believe he had 59 saves, maybe a little bit more, and including a couple shootout saves for the uh, West Allegheny Indians. And whew, I hope you get to go back and watch that on our Facebook page. My, I was on the call there. Jared Tonner helped me out with a little bit of video. I thought it was over early. It wasn't. I thought it was over left and right. West Allegheny went out to a three nothing lead, and then. Latrobe came back after a timeout by Josh Werner, and it's just back and forth and back and forth. And those two teams put on probably one of the best hockey games I've ever witnessed to. And at this point, you know how much hockey I watch live on a regular basis. And those two teams put on an absolute clinic. Josh Ferry, one of the better goaltending performances I've seen in a very long time. He, He deserves to be... Uh, applauded for that and awarded for that. He had a, uh, (laughs) I think it was almost 60 saves in that game. And he uh, played very well, and I was actually feeling bad. I wanted to carry his pads out for him when I saw him walk through. That was an effort. He walked into a crowd of friends and family for West Allegheny. just gave him a standing ovation as he was walking out. And I want to just applaud him. That was a hell of an effort. Uh, Shane Nolan putting up two goals was also a very solid effort. I thought that team had an opportunity to uh, really step up this, you know, and take this this crown. You know, it's a rough division that they're in in AA, but (laughs) this is showing that West Allegheny is back. After a little bit of turmoil in the first couple weeks of the season, I'm not going to touch on that situation of the coaching change and everything that's going on with them, but they're really starting to come together as a team, and I thought the effort was there, and I'm really excited to see what that team can accomplish in the second half. Is it the team that can take down Latrobe? Because that's basically what it's coming down to is, is there a team that can take it to Greater Latrobe? We saw Montour take it in our debut game, take it to Latrobe in our debut game on Berg Hockey Live a couple weeks ago. But as you move along and look at it, I don't know. If there are many teams, Bald- I want to see that Latrobe Baldwin Whitehall game in a couple weeks. I call them Baldwin Whitehall. I know they're Baldwin, but yeah, you know, you know they're Baldwin Whitehall at this point. You know who they are. But I'm excited for that possibility. I want to try to flex that into our coverage whenever we get into Burke Hockey Alive in the second half. And I am just really um, interested to see how these two teams, what teams can take the Latrobe, and and I think West Allegheny's finally in that place. They lost the Latrobe earlier in season seven, nothing. But this game did not look like a team that was close to it. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have a little bit of fun in the second half. Um, but before we can do that, we're going to get into our st- our coverage of the four classifications here. I'm going to start in Class B, and here we go. We're going to start in Class B today, where the toast of the town has been the Ringgold Rams. Uh, Ringgold, of course, on the season right now, 11-0. and 0. They're four, four, four points up on the Carrick Cougars. Cougars have a game in hand right now on the Rams, but it looks like it's going to be Ringgold's to lose at this point. Ringgold, of course, the defending Division II, now Class B champions, defeating Burl at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex last season. Uh, but, of course, we're talking of high school hockey. Everything's cyclical. You have four seasons of, you know, a varsity, and there are graduating classes and such. And of course, they only lost one player, those Rams, and that was, was I Evan Cook, the goaltender. So they brought a lot of their players back, are getting a little bit back from the injury report this season. And it's been business as usual for the Rams. Carrick has continued to show up every year. Sean Dugan in that has been taking care of business. 18 goals against in 10 games for the Cougars. At this point, Elizabeth Forward, the surprise, return this season after a season off. Uh, that co-op is 6-4 and four with an overtime loss. 13 points sitting in the third slot going in to the break. Connellsville, 6-6, six six, 12 points for the Falcons. They're sitting pretty in that fourth spot. Trinity right behind them. Connellsville has a game in hand on Trinity and are up by two points. Uh, the Hillers have come back towards the second half of the season, have put a little bit of a uh, momentum bond underneath them, and have made a little bit of a run at the Falcons. It's going to be interesting to see. Let's look at Trinity's remaining schedule to try to move. see if they can move into a playoff spot. A big opponent will be Connellsville if they have faced them. They faced Connellsville on October 31st. On Halloween, lost 5-3 at the Ice Mine. They have... A second contest, they also they beat Connellsville for nothing at Prince Arena, Arena, so they will have split that series. Um, we're still waiting a the uh, alert of seeing who is going if there's going to be playing games in a I'm not sure of that Bishop Kahneman two points behind Trinity at eight points right now, four and eight on the season are the Crusaders in Morgantown, three four zero and one on year with seven points. But here's the thing about Morgantown, they have five games in hand on Trinity four games in hand on Connellsville, and are only, well, like that looks like five points out of a playoff position. So you keep an eye on the Mohawks because they can come out of the second half. And let's see who they have over their remaining schedule. They probably have a easier, I think they had a tough schedule to start the season. They lost to Ringgold in the opener. They defeated Bishop Canavan and Trinity. So there's a couple of the possible tiebreakers. Connellsville, they lost to Connellsville. Carrick, they lost 3-0 to Carrick. Burrell, 4-5, lost there. A 1-4 to Elizabeth Forward, and a 7-1 win over McDowell. They have Avonworth, Central Valley, Neshanik, and Ringgold, as well as Elizabeth Forward, and Connellsville, and Carrick again on the schedule. So they've got a little bit of work to do. At this point, um, they've got all the top teams, but they do have the games in hand, so it's a possibility for Morgantown to be able to come back in this one. Now we look at the North, Nishanek leading the way. There are two losses, one to Ringgold and one to the McDowell Trojans. McDowell, of course, winning on a technicality as Nishanek used eight JV players. You're only allowed six at the varsity level, so that game was a one nothing win for the McDowell Trojans on the season. Of course, their only win on the season. Uh, McDowell having a rough season so far, but, you know, they're working their way into it. We'll work our way top to bottom. Nishanik, of course, uh, Riley Meskowski, the November PIHL Player of the Month, having another phenomenal season. He, uh, of course, is in replacement of the departed Carson uh, Burkett, or Burkhardt, I can't remember which <laughs> his actual last name is there, up there, no, Nishanik that is the former uh, uh Eagles franchise up there. I can't remember for the life of me the the right now the uh, tip of my tongue the school that they replaced Keystone Oaks. No, not Key Oaks. Um, <laughs> I can think of it in my head. Kennedy Catholic. Kennedy Catholic. I knew it began with a K. Uh, Avonworth coming into this year the uh, co-op between Avonworth and Ambridge, seven and one with an overtime loss, 15 points. Those are the creme de la creme of the top of the division. Um, of course, Avonworth. Burrell right below them, the defending sorry, the runner-up last year for the national championship. A uh, little bit of a uh, rebuild year for the Bucks. Weren't sure they were coming back. Decided to come back this year, 3-7 and seven through 10, uh, 6 points. Finds them in third place. Right behind them, Central Valley, the Warriors, and Wilmington, the Greyhounds, 2-7 and seven apiece, 4 points tied for that fourth spot. Um, so we'll see how that Class B goes as the season moves along. Um, I still really like the top two teams there, uh, Nishanic and Ringgold. Uh, uh, Avonworth I think has a good shot at it, and so does Carrick. You got you got a strong four squads there that I think you're going to see in the second round. Um, after those four, it's really hard to say that there's really anybody that's sticking out unless somebody decides they're going to jump up and show their 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 skill and. It's been a rough day for anybody below those guys in Class B. Leading the scoring right now, Elizabeth Forward, Michael Vasco, having a terrific season. He's already at 19 goals and 19 assists. I believe that will be either tied or lead. That is tied for both the lead in both categories, 38 points for the lead solo in points. Vasco... Has 19 goals. Once again, 19 plus 19 for 38. Budos, I'm sorry, no. Budos leads the league in assists. 14 goals, 20 assists for Brad Budos in second place, 34 points. Evan Eberlin on an absolute terror. Let's look at his stats for the last couple games. He has been phenomenal, lights out. Looking at his season so far, in the games that Ringgold has played that he's played in, He's, he was held scoreless against Morgantown in the opener, but since then has had a goal and a multi point effort in all but one game Carrick he has a one one and one he defeated Bishop at Bishop Canavan two and one Elizabeth Ford and Wilmington one and three Maschanic Trinity two and o and two and one a three and three at Burrow a one and five at McDowell and Trinity one and one so it has been a good season so far for Eberlin. Um, I I like how his style has really adjusted to it, the game that they needed to. Nathan Todd, also 19 goals, 13 assists, 32 points. Uh, These Ringgold players are coming out flying this season, and you add into it, Justin Day, 7 goals, 19 assists for the captain, and you have a solid lineup there. It's going to be tough for somebody to update, to knock off the defending champions. Um... And of course, they're getting a lot of help in the net too. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we're moving over and into what is your goaltender's? And looks like right now, it is Riley Miskowski leading. You, you. Of course, I do a minimum. You have to have so many games played. I'll say it's set at like two hundred and fifty minutes right now. You'll know when I say that. Riley Miskowski's played 442 minutes, 9-1 and one on the season, a 9.38 save percentage. Has been strong. Sean Dugan, we spoke about him before. He has a 9-1 nine record, 9.15 save percentage. Blake Phillips of Morgantown, a 9.04 save percentage, 306 minutes. Buddy Meese, they don't like to call him Jerry, but Buddy Meese, has 235 minutes there for Ringgold in, in a split time with Chad DeGrun. Um they're both sitting around in 8 80, 870ish on average between the two of them. Um they're giving up shots down there in Ringgold but they're stopping them at the same time and they're scoring a whole lot for the are the Rams. Uh, Matt Lesnick of Ad, Avonworth 4 and 0 on this season. Blake Phillips of Morgantown 2 and 4 with a 904. Uh Morgantown just getting shelled right now and they're stepping up to the uh the plate and playing strong hockey there. Down in the at the Morgantown Ice Center, Sarakowski for Bishop Canavan has run the table down there. Pretty much started every game except for one, I believe. Four and seven on the season in eight sixty six. Alex Mitchell Connelsville will step in for Sebastian Skarzenski, who graduated last year. Six and six with an eight sixty seven. Yeah, so you've got players, and you know you've got some goaltending. You've got some. Uh, you know some shooting, some goals right now, but it's it's good and going into the the stats that matter, I'm going to move over and we're going to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the the team stats here. Leading the team right now, leading the league right now in in power play percentage is Carrick. They're at 31% right now. Um, Ringold, second Elizabeth Ford, Wilmington and Burl right up with them. And in, on the kill, Nishanic and 89.1% tied with Ringle. So if you look at where the special teams are starting to come in, and the, the top four teams: Nishanic, Ringle, Carrot, Connellsville and 885% are better on the kill. Avonworth just below that line with an 84.8. So then it drops off into the 70s. So it's definitely a uh, a good time right now in Class B. Um, you're not going to put a gun to my head and have a projection on this one. I, I, I won't tell you because I don't know. I really feel like Ringgold has the uh, hold on this one. But I also feel like it's deep enough this year that... Like last year you looked at it, you said it could have been anybody in the top two. Which was Burl or Ringgold. And that's how it ended up being at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. And I truthfully wouldn't have thought it would have been Ringgold last year. This year, they made a believer out of me. Uh, I got to go with Ringgold right now just if it came down to them and Nishanik. Um, I know I just told you, you can't pick a, I can't pick somebody, but I'm going to go out and say it. If it comes down to Ringgold and Nishanik, it's going to be Ringgold because they have a big victory over them this season. Uh, Nishanik, they have a lot of their players. We're talking about two teams that returned a lot of their players. So that's something you can consider and um, enjoy. So... All right, we're going to move along to Class Single A now where we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the playoff picture. And we're a better place to start than looking at the Northwest where we have a team already ready to clinch a playoff berth, and that is the North Catholic Trojans. Um, they're going to need one point the rest of the way to clinch that playoff berth, being how it's one versus two. They've actually technically clinched it if you look at the tiebreaker of head-to-head uh, with being up 18 points on Beaver and Beaver having 18 points available to them to remain the season on, they'd have to go 9-0 to knock North Catholic out. And I just don't see that happening right now. And uh, so the Trojans are all but clinched here. Uh, they haven't clinched a division crown. They're only 11 points up on Blackhawk. But that could be coming soon with uh, Blackhawk having 8 games left, 16 points available to the Cougars and North Catholic could be talking about uh, Division Crown here very shortly. Um, so that's been a nice little return to varsity for the North Catholic Trojans. Um, of course, the aforementioned Blackhawk Cougars having a, a better season than the recent years in the new alignment. The Beaver Bobcats 1-10 uh, and 10 on the year in Swickley Academy. It's just been a rough year for both of those squads. And uh, long-term rebuilds for both of them, but they're competing. They're trying to have a little bit of a good time. And um at least they're there and um there's a lot to talk about with that but we'll move on. Now we'll stay in the west because the playoff format for the single A is east versus west. And Thomas Jefferson, this, <laughs> we're talking about the southwest division right now and top division in the entire conference if you want to talk about and you talk about the class and everything. Thomas Jefferson and South Park basically in a back-and-forth right now. Thomas Jefferson, 12-1 on the season, 13 games played, 24 points. South Park, 11-2, 22 points. Those two are going to go down to the wire for those positions, and they're starting to pull away, but you can't look away for North Hills or Chartiers Valley right now. They're both coming on strong. North Hills, 7-3 and three now, 14 points for the North Hills Indians and uh, Chartiers Valley, the Colts recently on a three-game win streak, 12 points right behind North Hills, and they each have games in hand, so we want to put that in the perspective. North Hills and has three games in hand on both Thomas Jefferson and South Park, and that would give them 20 points if they can win those three games in hand, plus the division race at the end of the season for that division could come down to a lot. North Hills is not out of it yet, and they're playing better hockey recently, and so is Chartier's Valley, so don't rule anybody out of that division even though it looks like it's a little bit further away, North Hills with a little bit of a push here. And a very solid second half can have one of the better comeback stories of the year. And that would be something to behold. Especially, you know, rebuilding franchises and teams that, you know, have a little bit of a struggle the last couple years. It's good to see uh, those teams fighting here. Especially how young they are and what they're, put, what they're bringing to the table. Um, Alright, so we'll switch over to the East. Indiana had a strong start to the season but leveled off lately and were allowed for the Kiskey Cavaliers to jump right back into it. They're, that division's closer than what you could imagine right now. And sneaking in just on the outside has been the Fox Chapel Foxes. 4-4 four and four on the season with three overtime losses, but they're only a point out of a playoff position that Kiske maintains in that second seed in the the Northeast. Freeport, 6 points, 3-9 on the season fun division to watch if you pay attention to it uh the the teams have been back and forth in Indiana and Kiski still have a game to play against each other should be a fun one that one will decide a division um Kiski had an opportunity to be tied here but you know a couple late games in the uh in December didn't go their way so they're going to come into it 6 and 4 but they also have three games in hand on Indiana if you look at that a uh two overtime losses for Indiana put them in there but Kiski down by one by two points and have six points just sitting out there if they decide to take them if they can. So it's anybody's ball game here. Fox Chapel has two in hand on Indiana and only down three points. It's going to be a fun division to watch down the stretch. So everybody want to pay attention to one. That's that's one to watch too. That's Southwest and the uh, Northeast. And then move into the North, sorry, the Southeast. Bishop McCourt, Norwin, Greensburg, Salem, Wisman Hilltop. It's the same story of every year. Bishop McCourt put their get foot on the gas pedal, up by five points on Norwin right now. But with three games in hand the Norwin Knights have a little bit of a destiny pull here. Five points, six points in hand available to the Knights. And anybody's game here. Bishop McCord have court had a slow start to the season, but started to really come at it and out of the gate have really had a solid season. And Greensburg Salem, uh, another deeper team this year I spoke with them in the preseason when we were talking about the, you know, the Kirk Nevin, the Greensburg-Salem tournament. They have a deeper team this year. They really like their chances, and I'll tell you what, I like them too at this point. They're really starting to move along, starting to make some really good strides and progress in their team this year. One of the teams to watch out for, but I don't know if they're going to have enough to get to Norwin with the games in hand. They have the same amount of games in hand, but... You know they're going to be just outside looking at, I think at the end of this one, Westmont Hilltop looks like a uh, a rebuild year for the Hilltoppers. Four and six on the season with an overtime loss. Good to see that they're uh, they're competing in that division. It's a tough one. It's a toughie there. So we'll see how everybody plays out there. Wild and wonderful West Virginia Wheeling Park four and four with an overtime loss and a shootout loss on the year in ten games, and they're ten points. And New Wheeling Catholic zero and nine on the year. It's just been a rough year. For Wheeling Catholic, uh, they're not exactly you know, competing as strong as they would like to. But I think they're coming out there with the uh, playing as hard as they can. And they're staying in games as far long as they can. But it, it's just been a tough year for the Maroon Knights. So we'll see how that plays out as a continuation of the season. They could play spoilers in Wheeling. There definitely could possibly be playoff spoilers coming out of Wheeling. Wheeling Parks already started that trend here already with four wins on the year. Statistically speaking, of course, Thomas Jefferson forward Will O'Brien leading the way at 40 points, 26 goals, 14 assists on the season. Addis Tumbekov of bristol McCourt, 21 goals, 12 points for 33 points in 11 games. Riley Holzer of Thomas Jefferson, 12 for tw- 12 and 20 for 32, along with Cole McNair of Greensburg Salem, 18, 14, and 32 points for that player. Hunter Fairman. 11-18-29, finds him in fifth right now. Then you just keep looking down, another, you know, McCourt. Then you have a couple players from Norwin, Dolly, Pivard, Nick Connolly, Pazzo of Thomas Jefferson, Linderman, Eisenhower, Bryce Bear, Desort of North Catholic, Colin Kruth of Greensburg, and Tutich all left over 20 points on the year in the uh, in that league, so it's going to be an interesting chase down there. Scoring is up in single A right now, so we'll have a little bit of fun with that. Let's see how we're looking on the goaltending side. Of course, I say every time you have to have so many games qualified that now it's at 200 points, 200 minutes, 240 minutes, I'm sorry, a couple games to get in. Actually, I'll say one, 258 will work for you, 258, and it's been back and forth right now. Shane Paremba leading the way nine and two with a 135 goals against average and a nine six fifty six save percentage. He's just been on fire this year. Paremba has had a solid season thus far. Then following him is Chris McFadden of North Catholic. 939 save percentage, ten and one on the year for the uh, North Catholic senior. And we're talking, you know, goaltending every year. It's always the same story. You get these guys come out of nowhere. I mean, some of them have been career good, uh, great goaltenders, as in a player like Peremba, who's had a couple solid seasons with the uh, the South Park Eagles, and and we're talking, you know, and Logan Thomas the South Park's just in, there, but he doesn't qualify. Logan Marnick of, of uh the Chartiers Valley Colts played a good year so far, a four and three record and nine twenty nine save percentage. Ethan Isley, North Hills a nine twenty-eight say percentage is a four and one record on the year for for Isley, Radigan, Fox Chapel doesn't get underneath the qualification. Pitica Pitika. I did ask how to announce it pronounce this as Pitika, six and four with a nine sixteen. Ian Amoronto with Westmont Hilltop is three and six with a nine oh eight. So you're getting these other guys and players who qualify that have just done enough. Sam Wachek of Chartiers Valley, one and three and nine oh six. And Luke Weaverpepi of TJ a 902 at 12 and one this season. So those are your players that are over a 900 save percentage right now. Another solid start for the single A. And you know it's one thing to pay attention to, and I mentioned that I'm looking at the standings. If the playoffs started today, and you know we still got a stretch run, but we're getting into stretch one, so we're going to start looking at this, and it should be up soon as my playoff, uh, basically the playoff push where things happen. What who's facing who? What's important to pay attention to this season? If the playoffs started in the East-West format, North Catholic would play South Park, and Blackhawk would play Thomas Jefferson in the first round, as well as Indiana hosting Norwin and Bishop McCord hosting Kiskey in that same first round. So that's what we're looking at right now when it comes to standings. Um, I still haven't gotten the tiebreakers from the league, but we'll figure that out when we get down to it. Um, Head-to-head, it's pretty straightforward. North Catholic, if it's head-to-head and they're not doing the playing games this year, North Catholic has clinched a playoff berth, if there's a head-to-head, then they need, I mean, if there's not a head-to-head and they need to play a playing game, then they'll need a point to be the first team to clinch a playoff berth, but they're almost there, and that's the fun of the high school uh, playoff pushes. You never know what's going to happen, what teams are going to be able to make it in when they get in, but we'll talk about it when we get there, and we're going to just jump in into double-day now. We'll start in the northwest, where we're talking Quaker Valley leading the way, 13.6-4 with an overtime loss on a year and 11 games played, Meadville right behind them. Three and six on the year with an overtime loss, seven points, a six point lead for Quaker Valley, with of course a game in hand for Meadville. So but right behind Meadville right now with a game in hand on the Bulldogs is the Mars Planets at six and three. Sorry, it's their three and six on the year. Nine points are the planets moon. One nine oh and one, three points at eleven sorry, with eleven games played. So that race is uh, starting to heat up a little bit in the Northwest. Northwest haven't been very strong in both of the classifications, but in the East West format, it's not going to matter. Uh, you get two in as the top two teams get in. I'm not sure about playing games right now. Like I said, because we'll talk about that in a second. It's going to be very important when you come looking at the Southwest, but in the Northwest right now, it's interesting because you got that one point from Mars to Meadville to keep to decide who's going to be in that position. Right now, Baldwin, West Allegheny, and Montour, all at 16 in points in the Southwest. And Baldwin has four games in hand on West Allegheny and Montour. You look at that, and you'd say, oh, well, that's not really big, but Baldwin with those four games in hand is 8-0 right now. West Allegheny 8-4, Montour 8-4. Uh, the big news there, both teams have split their season series. They're going to go down to a second tiebreaker, and I'm not sure what exactly that's going to entitle, like I said, we we'll are talk to the league about that here momentarily and figure out how they're going to play it out. But uh, all three teams with 16 points going into the break. And that'll be the fun race as we continue to go along. South Fayette, uh, rebuilding year, one game in hand. But they're down by 10 points to those three squads. Right now, that's the uh, <laughs> the big division we said to watch at the beginning of the year. It has not disappointed but the big thing with Baldwin having four games in hand on all of them and being undefeated right now could be a year for the Highlanders, uh, to be able to pull that one off. And he moved to the east side. Plum and Armstrong, six and five are the Mustangs. Of course got into a little bit of a a pickle here with everything that's going on outside of it, so we're not gonna get involved in that too much. But Armstrong right on their tail. Plum having a game in hand and up two points on the RiverHawks right now at five and seven, ten points for Armstrong, Hampton and Shaler sitting on the outside looking in. Hampton nine has a nine points for nine points on the year for the Titans and Shaler at one and ten already. Uh, doesn't look like either of those teams are going to be able to jump into the playoff picture. You only get eighteen games in Double A and <laughs> that's a, it's a big detail whenever you're looking at what you have uh, available to you. And then you look in the southeast, Greater Latrobe, 11-0 and to start the year. Just had a victory in the PA Scholastic Tournament. They're up six points on Franklin Regional. Franklin Regional has a game in hand at 16 points. 8-2 and two on the year are the Panthers. Hemfield right behind them. But have a, or have a Franklin Regional with a game in hand on them at 14 points, Penn Trafford nine at five and four, they have 10 points on the year, not out of it yet. That that division's a uh, a toss up for that second position. So any of the bottom three teams look like they're going to be able to you know compete for it. Penn Trafford's been coming on very strong late, really good effort at the uh, PA Scholastic Tournament for the Warriors. Unfortunately, ran into that strong greater Latrobe team in the semifinal. But uh yeah, you're gonna have to look at that and decide whether it's uh you know, how you're playing At uh, Ped Trafford's not a team to roll out at this point. I got two games in hand on Latrobe and Hempfield, uh, with Billy being down four points and Franklin Regional and all of them gotta play each other still, so anything can happen in that division. If the playoffs started today, however, <laughs> you can't say in the West, because If you had to do a toss-up right now, I'd have to look into penalty minutes, and Quaker Valley would play one of West Allegheny and Montour, would host them. Meadville would head to Baldwin in the first round. Then you look on the other side, Plum would host Franklin Regional, and Armstrong would head to Greater Latrobe. And then you'd have your East-West matchups here in the semis and the finals. So pay attention to that right now, and... Could be an interesting setup in the double-A right this season with the East-West. Now, once I get those tiebreakers, I will let you know. One of the top scorers in single-A last season is one of the top scorers in double-A this season. Michael Felsing of Montour, 15 goals, 22 assists, 37 points on the year for the dynamic forward from Montour. Cole Ferry, Great Latrobe product, 18 goals, 14 assists, 32 points on the year. Makes play, finds a place in second. Alex Walker of Latrobe also, 9 with 21 assists and 30 points for Alex Walker. Dusty Garagash of Montour. 12 goals, 16 assists, 28 points here in 3rd place right now. And Matt Traczynski out of nowhere jumps in the 3rd. 16 goals, 11 assists, 27 points for the Hempfield forward. Other players over 20 points so far on the year. Of course, Nick Bandy of West Allegheny. 7 goals, 16 assists for 23 points. Josh Bemis of Quaker Valley, 16 goals, 6 assists, 22 points. Christian Konizaka of Hempfield, 8 goals, 14 assists for 22 points. Shane Nolan, 11 and 10 for 21. Lance Quinnell of Armstrong, 14 goals, 7 assists uh, for 21 points. Trent London of Franklin Regional, 12 goals, 9 assists for 21 points. And Alex Keller and Alex Shaw. South Fayette product has 10-10 and 10 for 20, and the Greater Latrobe's Shawl has 11-9 and 9 for 20 points. Goaltending, you can't look much further than Kirk Nevin Arena, where the Greater Latrobe goaltenders are tending the net in dramatic fashion this season. Vinny Amatucci, 5-0 one year. He's only given up two goals all season, and that's a 980 save percentage, 98 saves and 96 shots. They're not giving up many shots on... Amatucci is Greater Latrobe, uh, that defense is phenomenal for the for the Wildcats or Ice Cats or whatever you want to call them. Tanner Sindrick of Baldwin Whitehall, right behind him, six and and0 on the season, 180 save percentage and a 937. Sorry, 180 goals against the average, 937 save percentage. The other Greater Latrobe goaltender, Greg Irons, six and and0 on the season, giving up eight goals on the year in his six games played. Two shutouts on the year, a 9.32 save percentage, and a 133 goals against average. Josh Ferry, who put on a clinic in that contest against uh, Greater Latrobe in the final, 8-2 and two on the year, a 9.30 save percentage with two shutouts, and he has been the workhorse for West Allegheny this year. Big reason for their success so far. Eddie Nowicki of Baldwin, Colin Rice of Quaker Valley, 6-5, and five, with an 8.98 save percentage. Danny Mitchell... Three and three with a uh, shutout on the season. You got another go down the list. Jordan McCurdy, uh, eight eighty-seven, and you know you go down and it, you look at these teams and some of these players are playing. Oh, Anthony Reinhold of Montour has stepped in admirably in the the uh, replacement for Zach O'Malley because of an injury right now, and he is currently seven and two on the year with a, an eight seventy-two and a shutout. So. You look at some of these players, these goaltenders, and they're playing well in the season this point, and it's good to see, because you were worried about, you know, how things would work out this season, and totally, it's starting to look really good in the crease, and I'm excited to see how this continues this year for the, uh, the double A, Triple A now, we're going to move along and check out the, uh, the high circuit here, and it's been a lot of fun to pay attention to the standings in Triple A because it's different every time a game is played. North Allegheny, of course, leading the way with thirteen point with uh I'm sorry, thirteen games. Most games played other than Butler, but they've also had the most points right now at ten two with a ten and two with a shootout loss. Twenty-one points for the Tigers. Pine Richland coming out of nowhere. Second place, seven and two with an overtime loss. The Rams are on the attack right now. It is a phenomenal return to AAA for Pine Richland this year. Uh Upper St. Clair seven and three, 14 points. Four teams tied for, with fourteen points between third and seventh right now. And sorry, third and sixth right now. Seven and three are the Upper St. Clair Panthers. Least games played. Same amount as wins as the rest of them. Cannon McMillan seven and four. Seneca Valley. McMillan of course defeating North Allegheny in the last week. Peters Township I'm oh, sorry, Seneca Valley um 7 and 4 14 points Pe- Peters Township 7 and 5 14 points played the most games out of the teams tied for that position and three points down on all of them Cathedral Prep and Mount Lebanon tied for 7th and 8th with 5-6-0 oh and 1 records apiece just on the outside looking in with games in hand the Bethel Park Blackhawks have a four point cushion right now 4 and 6 on the season eight points Central Catholic four points, and Butler with four points. Two and ten are the Central Catholic Vikings and Butler Golden Tornado, two and eleven on the year. Been a rough year for both of those squads so far, but we'll move along and see how it plays out in the second half. You've seen some weird stuff happen in the triple A. It's only top eight teams, so there are no playing games here. It's whoever makes it, makes it. No attempt to get in. You can't get to that ninth spot and play one one game game. It's just straightforward as we move along there. So, we'll see how that one plays out. That's going to be a fun one to pay attention to as we move forward. I hate to play the what-if machine, but I got to play the what-if machine here. If the day started today, North Allegheny in the first round would host Mount Lebanon. Cathedral Prep would head to Pine Ridgeland, Upper St. Clair. Would host Peters Township and Cannon McMillan. Would host Seneca Valley. So, that's what would happen if it started today. Unfortunately, it doesn't start today. We still got a couple months of this fun, regular season to try to figure out who's going to be where and how we're going to have a good time in the postseason. Statistically speaking, we're talking about players doing very well. Josh Ripp right now at 16 goals, 11 assists for 27 points. Tied with Tyler Lamarck at 9 goals and 18 assists for the scoring lead in AAA coming out of the Christmas break. Mark Lehman third place with 21 points, 13 goals, 8 assists. Mitchell Geisner of Upper St. Clair moving into the next spot. He has 10 goals and 10 assists for 20 points. He's in the spot number 4. Connor Chi in 5th place from North Allegheny, 7-12 and 12 for 19 points. Eric Wilbert, Jacob Ball, and Devin Rorick just behind them. 7 goals, 11 assists for the Peters Township product. Jacob Ball of Upper St. Clair and Devin Rorick of Upper St. Clair. 6-12 and 12 for Ball and Twelve and six for Rorick. Right behind them is Drew Wilbert with seven goals and ten assists. Michael Sawicki uh, of Central Catholic, ten goals, six assists for sixteen points. Logan Ford of Cannon McMillan, seven five sorry, five goals, ten assists for fifteen points, and Tyler Putnam, uh, nine goals and six assists for twelve points finds him in just upside the fifteen point club for this season so far as we move along in the regular season. Between the pipes, we have a new leader going into the Christmas break. Daniel Stoffer, seven and two with a shootout loss. He has a 9.29 save percentage. Seth Faulkner of Cathedral Prep, five two and one. He's a 9.27 save percentage. Cole Hoffman of Seneca Valley, three and zero on the season. He doesn't really qualify because of his, his uh, timing, but he's playing well. And Robbie Haleama has really taken the uh, the net there in Seneca Valley so far. Hoffman has 3-0 with a shutout in a 141 and a 926. Alex Wilbert, 4-2 on the season, just starting to come out off of an injury, and he's playing very well in 918 save percentage for Peters Township. Josh Bailey and Tyler Boyles, head-in-head, head, they played very well for North Allegheny. Boyles, Bailey, 4-0 and 1 with a two shutouts and a 917 save percentage. Boyles, 6-2 on the year a shutout and a 9.16 save percentage. Austin Martin of Mount Lebanon, a 9.12 save percentage. Mario Iafrate of Cannon McMillan, he has a 9.08 save percentage with two shutouts. Uh, Martin also has two shutouts on the season. Connor Strobel of Butler, an 8.90, as well as Kyle Rorick of Upper St. Clair. So, as we move along, you look at these standings and how these players are playing. They're playing very well, and uh, it's good to see that the uh, AAA is moving along very well. So alright we're going to move out of that and into our final closing statements of the PhD podcast. And <laughs> it's not crazy. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody out there for listening in and enjoying what we do every season. And we work really hard at it. And from ta- I've talked to Ed and Jared Todd-Hunter and all of us that have been involved in this all season so far. I just want to say thank you to all of you for... Everything that you've said, all the nice things you said about this, all the criticism that you give to us it, it takes a lot, and you know we're not exactly given the level of respect and i let's let's make sure that I'm clarify this because I don't mean it that way because I really don't care if you know somebody wants to go out there and you know call us you know well we're hacks or we're somebody who's not you know we're just covering high school sports and nobody cares about high school sports at this point. I don't believe that. I believe that that yes, there is an area where there's a certain finite number of people who really care about certain levels of things. But then there are people who actually care about things. I, I've heard it a hundred times that a lot of our favorite, you know, people that love what we do are people who want to see what happened to the people that were that graduate after them. <laughs> we got you know. Make fans of the people that you want to. You're bringing in and bringing this whole group of. We call you know we use this term berg hockey hashtag berg hockey a lot, and that is it. That is a berg hockey family. We are a bunch of people who love the sport, who have either played the sport or we have covered the sport or we just want to be involved in the sport. I could never play this sport. <laughs> you know I played a little bit recreationally for a very long time, and unfortunately. You know, it wasn't in the cards. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the money. I didn't grow up with the money to be able to do it. And I didn't, you know, wasn't able to play like I wanted to. But I wanted to stay involved, and this is how I stayed involved. And there's a lot that you can say about a lot of you guys out there who want to be involved in this as we continue to move along. And it's great, and I think it's it's a beautiful sport for everybody that wants to grow up and learn how to be a good teammate or how to work in a group, or how to be able to use your time wisely to understand making last-minute decisions, things like that. And it, it's something beautiful that you continue to move along with. And I, I just want to thank everybody out there that understands that we're out there to be your, your voice, your source of what you, you want to hear about from the hockey world. If we can cover somebody, and that helps somebody in the future move along to something that they want to do or they can use, that's what we want to do. That's what we're all about. And it's good to see that, you know, we're getting, you know, the recognition from the league. And I want to thank, of course, Dave Fryer, who I want to clarify one thing right now. They reached out to us this off season, and they've given us a lot of help in being able to be a better source for everybody in the league to have. It's not that we were reached out and told hey, we want to work with you, we want to be, no. We are in a small partnership that basically states that we are getting questions answered that we couldn't get last year because of limited accessibility. We, we offered, you know, they came to us about the possibility of doing some of these broadcasts after whatever happened with their previous broadcasting. And now we're seeing multiple places we want to do broadcasts. And we love to see that every day. I love that. I love to see people are taking the initiative to want to be able to broadcast you whatever hockey game you want to see. You want to see Armstrong... There's a, there's a company in Armstrong that's talking about it right now. I don't know the details behind it. They're talking about doing a lot of the games that the teams up at Freeport... I'm sorry, up in Catanning uh, are doing. And that's beautiful. That's what I want to see. And then you're looking at Westmoreland Sports Network, who I'll shout out here. I have no nothing but love for them. And I didn't want to cover... The team's out in Westmoreland, and I love that to death. And I'm not stop- – we, <laughs> we don't care. It's beautiful because you guys are getting the coverage you want. Last season it was a trip. We didn't go to games that the trib covered because we wanted to make sure you had other games covered because we knew somebody else was covering them. It, it's all about making sure that the coverage is there. And I don't care about driving to Wheeling to cover Thomas Jefferson, Wheeling Park, if it needs to be done. Because Thomas Jefferson's on a pace that they're going to break some kind of record. That'd be a beautiful thing to cover. Or go up to Meadville to cover. I mean, I would love to go to Meadville. I have a 9 to 5, sorry, 7 to 3 every day that I have to go to. And that makes my life a little bit tougher to be able to cover some of these games up in the IRAs. I would love to go to Marcy Hurstice to be able to cover a game, maybe between Cathedral Prep at home or McDowell at home. And. You know, some of those things that I would like to be able to do, I can't do because of my time frame. Like, I'd love to go to Hesse. Ice. has been on a tear this season. I would love to see that. I mean, I'm probably going to be covering Avonworth for the first time this season in the second half. These new teams that are coming in, I'd love to see them. I miss having knock in the league because that was a fun, you know, that was a fun team to cover every once in a while. I haven't been to Connellsville yet this season, which reminds me i got to get down there. I- there's things we're going to miss, and there's things we're going to see. I just wanted to make sure that, We are all on the same page that we're all in this together. We love to cover every player out there, every kid out there, everybody that wants to get along. I I enjoy chatting with the coaches after the games because you actually get to see the personalities and why they make the decisions that they do and all that stuff that you don't get to see. And a lot of it gets across. And there's a lot of stuff that I miss. I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of this takes it out of me that I'm so tired by the end of it that I can't figure out, you know, what day of the week it is. Or when I'm going to be able to get sleep next. So, But I have no problem with it. Because at the same time, I'm enjoying life as it is. And it's great. And I, truthfully, honestly, my closing statements on that are thank you. Because when it comes down to it, it's all about you. It's about every person that listens to this podcast. It's about every person that watches our broadcast. It's about every person that we've covered in, our, in the rinks. Our guys don't care if they're not getting paid. They just want to be there to cover the games for you. They enjoy it. I mean, at some point, you know, they're going to get better jobs because they created a portfolio through us. And you guys will help them in their journey. And that's what it comes down to. So, once again, I just want to say thank you. And I hope that everybody enjoyed their holiday. And hope everybody's ready for this stretch run. Because I am hoping at the end of this that it comes down to April, in the month of April, I will not have to look at my computer for an entire month because I'm going to be so tired from covering every tournament. We're, we're discussing, outside discussing, sending somebody to the Nationals. That's actually occurring right now. We're, we're having outside discussions about possibly sending somebody to Dallas for this. So we'll talk about it when we get down to it. But I, I'm hoping that I am really tired in April, that I don't want to look at a computer because I have worked so hard at making sure you guys had your coverage. And that's about it's all about, All right. So for everybody in our in the rink high school coverage, Matt Geica, who I we can't really say enough about stepping in and being able to do his thing, Matt Popchock for coming in and doing a couple broadcasts for us here and there, um, myself and of course Ed Major and Jared Todd I I can't say enough about them. Those two work harder than anybody that I can imagine to actually do what they're doing, and they've given everything they can without asking for anything in return, and. I couldn't be thankful for a better group of people. And Alan Saunders, who puts up with all of it, <laughs> he's put me in a position where I've been able to build what we've built in the last couple years. And it's been wonderful. And I don't care what everybody's opinion is on everybody, because we're all in this together. And I hope you enjoyed like everything that we do. And I hope you know, we've made you think and we've made you talk about it and we've made you want to be involved in it. So, all right, I'm going to stop rambling now. I'm going to say thank you, happy holidays, and I will see you on Monday where we look like we're probably going to either barrel or frozen pond for a double hider. So I'll let you know later in the week on that. For everybody here at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, happy holidays. My name is Brian Mitchell at PhD Mitch on Twitter. Enjoy the rest of your night. Take care, guys. I'll see you in the rink.